Threats to our healthcare system include skyrocketing healthcare costs, lack of resident interest in primary care, and millions of uninsured. Could there be a connection between these, and could examining these lead to a possible solution? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, your host, and with me today is Dr. Steve Kravitz, Assistant Professor of Medicine and Deputy Director for Clinical Activity in the Department of Medicine at the Johns Hopkins Bayview Medical Center of the Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore, Maryland. Thank you so much for being with us, Dr. Kravitz. My pleasure. These problems that face our medical system, you had looked at this in terms of cost of care and the number of primary care physicians. Why did you decide to look at this question? Well, the the issue of resource utilization has been one that's been a pet peeve of mine, as I'm sure it is for many physicians for a while. And as a primary care physician, I couldn't help but think that with a strong emphasis on the preventative focus of primary care and the evidence-based medicine practiced by primary care providers, that we couldn't have a positive impact on resource utilization. I thought before making that assertion, we ought to take a look and see if there was a correlation. And is there evidence that primary care physicians can sometimes provide good outcomes at a lower cost? Well, there's certainly mixed evidence, but there's a lot of evidence that supports the notion that primary care providers can provide care for multiple diagnoses effectively, as effectively as specialist physicians. And there's plenty of evidence. Many of it was dating back into the 1980s that talked about primary care physicians' ability to provide this kind of care at lower costs. How did you go about examining this question in a a more uh, scientific, analytical way? We thought about trying to answer the question by examining a a resource called the Area Resource File. And this has data on the county level for uh, 3,000 counties across the United States. And, And the nice part about it was that all of the data for resource utilization as well as uh, demographics about the number of physicians and where those physicians were located was all within one database. And does this database take in all different types of physicians practicing in different environments? The database captures physicians that practice in the community, captures physicians that are practicing in hospitals and in government facilities. We chose to focus on what we thought were the most common types of providers, and those were providers that were not government-based, for example, but providers that were providing care in the community in private or hospital-type facilities. And the primary focus, then, is patient care as opposed to research or teaching and uh, other activities? Well, they might have a mix of research and teaching and other activities, but it's based in the most common types of institutions that we would have patient care taking place in. And all of these counties, and I think in your article you say 323 metropolitan areas, uh, gives a very good sampling across the country, or is it more based in, in certain areas? No, the metropolitan statistic areas, there are 323 or so metropolitan statistical areas, and they, they cover the 3,000 counties, and they're spread across the United States, and including, I believe, Hawaii and Alaska. But not every citizen's counted. It counts about 80% of the U.S. Census. With this very large database, what type of variables did you look at? We wanted to look at mechanisms of measuring resource utilization. The one thing about the database is it doesn't have expenditures captured. The nice part about the database is that it captures more data than just Medicare. Traditional studies that have looked at resource utilization have looked at Medicare expenditures. The area resource file captures utilization of everybody, but we needed to choose the variables we were going to select to try to get a good cross-sampling of the types of utilization that go on in in healthcare. So we chose total admissions to short-term hospitals, regular acute hospitals, Mm -hmm. as opposed to chronic care facilities. 
we chose ambulatory visits, we chose emergency department visits, and we chose total surgeries, which combined hospital-based surgeries with surgeries that occur in freestanding surgical units. And in looking at these variables of utilization, did you then look at how many primary care doctors versus specialists, or how was that analyzed? So we wanted to get a sense in each of the metropolitan statistical areas about the proportion of primary care doctors to total doctors. So we broke down primary care doctors by the common specialties, including uh, family practice, general medicine. Uh, the area resource file has them categorized differently in different years, so we, uh, we used the language that was appropriate to capture that, including pediatrics. We uh, also counted total physicians per each of the metropolitan statistical areas, and we used that to calculate the ratio of primary care doctors to total physicians. So again, the primary care doctors to total physicians, not necessarily versus specialist physicians. Well, we would assume that the primary care doctors, so that the, the balance between primary care doctors and total physicians was specialist. In examining this, did you find some conclusions that you can make about these four variables? What we found when we looked at the relationship of utilization of resources to the proportion of primary care to total physicians, that in areas where there were higher proportions of primary care physicians, we saw less admissions to hospitals, less total surgeries, and less emergency department visits. And those were all statistically significant, in fact, highly statistically significant. Um, we found that there was no impact on overall ambulatory visits or outpatient visits. We also found if you looked at total physician density as a comparison for those same variables, that utilization was increased. So what that meant to us is that though primary care physicians seemed to decrease use resource utilization overall, when you look at total physician density and the increased resource utilization associated with that suggests that most of the resource utilization is linked to higher usage by non-primary care physicians. And in terms of the primary care physicians that you did look at, was this a group that you feel is fairly representative of primary care physicians across the country? Yes, I think it is. Was there any data in, in terms of outcomes looked at, in terms of patient care outcomes, comparing primary care doctors versus the non-primary care well, the area resource file does not have data on healthcare outcomes per se, but we did look at some surrogates of healthcare outcomes because we wanted to make sure that we couldn't explain some of the resource utilization differences based upon patient demographics. So we looked at things like the age of the population, we looked at the genders of the population, the race of the population, we looked at income as a marker of overall health status, we looked at mortality as well. And for all of those surrogates of severity of illness, there was no impact on the findings across all of those demographics. Uh, higher proportions of primary care physicians were associated with less utilization. That's very interesting. Even separating it out for those variables, still you saw the fewer ER visits, the fewer hospital admissions, and fewer surgeries. Does this suggest to you mechanistically that the primary care doctors are doing a, a better job in terms of follow-up and, and keeping patients out of the hospital, or can we make any assertions about preventive care from this? Well, we can make all the assertions we want. I can't say from the study's perspective that you can draw those conclusions, but I think that was the premise that we set about when even looking at the data. All those things that you said are true. Primary care physicians have a different focus towards patient care. And you would expect that if people were doing a better job of managing the chronic illnesses in a population, if patients had better access to their primary care physicians, they wouldn't develop the severity of illness that might require hospitalization. The other inference is that where there are primary care physicians that interface between the population and specialist physicians, perhaps you would prevent some self-referral and maybe decrease some utilization in that regard. You know, there's an economic concept that is called supplier-induced demand. And the notion that where there are more doctors, you see more utilization fits perfectly into that model. Doctors tend to self-refer. Unfortunately, that's how they drive their incomes. And there just seems to be a higher correlation 
between higher proportions of specialist physicians and higher utilization associated with that fact. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and I'm speaking with Dr. Steve Kravitt from the Department of Medicine at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore. We are discussing the relationship between healthcare utilization and primary care physician availability. Dr. Kravitt, what kind of message can we generalize? What kind of steps can we take to take this information and start to make some changes that might lead to some improvement in our healthcare system? Well, you know, if you start with the premise that primary care physicians can save utilization, and then you extend analysis to recognize that over the past decade, there's been a significant decrease in the amount of physicians graduating from medical school that are going into primary care residencies. You know, you look at an equalization point that suggests worsening utilization crises. You also take into account that our patient population is aging, and we need the types of physicians that can care for chronic illnesses in higher proportions, and it doesn't bode well for the future of utilization in healthcare in our current society. So what do we do about that? Part of the problem when you look at analyses of why physicians are straying away from primary care fields is multifactorial. One of the problems is that there are salary discrepancies between specialists and primary care physicians. Many U.S. medical school graduates graduate with $150,000, $200,000 in debt, and they feel lots of pressure to get out and start practicing in a field where they can recover that sooner. The amount of hours that primary care physicians are working for the return on that, including telephone calls and paperwork and referral management is frustrating and demoralizing. And when medical students and residents see those primary care providers working those kinds of hours, they seem to stray away from those types of fields, and it's unfortunate. So I think our hope is that by sharing this information, we can help stimulate policymakers to revisit the way primary care professions are reimbursed, perhaps the way uh, primary care positions are structured, maybe to allow for more family time, shared positions, part-time positions. It certainly would make good sense to focus on women in particular who would have a hard time balancing a challenging primary care career as opposed to some of the more structured careers that are ship-based like hospitalist medicine and emergency department medicine, for example. So really looking at the salary structure and also the time element are two possible directions that we could go with this. What would this mean in terms of uninsured? If we could make some moves in this direction and, and revitalize primary care, what kind of savings would be available to help the uninsured? Well, that's a good question. There's a lot of talk these days, especially in political arenas, about how to care for uninsured. And every time I hear those discussions occur and people ask how they can save money, I just want to jump up and down and scream, look at the results that we're, that we're talking about here. If you try to translate the information from our study into what an average metropolitan statistical area would look like, you would find tens of million dollars of savings in each metropolitan statistical area. If we wanted to look at that across the nation, we could put some uh, modeling together. On average now across the United States, about 35% of the United States physician workforce practices primary care. And incidentally, that's much lower than the rest of the world. Maybe we can talk about that in a little bit. But if we were to increase that to 40%, just a 5% increase, we can expect more than 800,000 fewer hospital admissions which, if you were to estimate cost savings, would total about $8 billion a year in savings. 
It's certainly a lot of funds to give toward increasing salaries for primary care doctors and for the uninsured. That's impressive. It is. If you want to throw in a little bit more, 4.8 million fewer emergency department visits. And if you want to convert that to dollar figures, we'd estimate it's about $2.7 billion. So if you add those two together, more than $10 billion a year if we were to increase the percentage of primary care physicians across the United States by 5%. And, and has this message, I mean, what a dramatic message. Has it been heard? It's a beautiful article in the February uh, edition of the American Journal of Medicine. Have you had this uh, a response to this? Well, the American College of Physicians has heard it and is very excited about it. Michael Barr, who's one of the officers in the American College of Physicians and a proponent of the medical home concept, has been using this data to try to spread the message about the value of creating a medical home and the value of primary care. So I think within internal medicine in particular and in, and in primary care fields, people are excited to see this information. But I have to say I'm a little disappointed that I don't think on a national basis as far as the public type media, people seem to really understand it and people seem to want to gravitate towards uh, towards understanding how it impacts on them. As a primary care provider myself, I'm, I'm perhaps a bit biased, but I hope that we can help to get this word out. And I want to thank Dr. Uh, Steve Kravitz from Johns Hopkins University for reviewing with us this very impressive study that was published in the February edition of the American Journal of Medicine looking at healthcare utilization related to the proportion of primary care physicians and pointing out that as there are more primary care physicians, many measures of utilization go down. This is Dr. Lee Friedman. Thank you for listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals.